When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. The remainder of this season of The Cellar is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Victor Aurelius and Mr. Jeff Niles. The following presentation is a production of 63 Audio and the Narada Radio Company, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Do you dare to go down into the cellar? The Cellar, starring the Narada Radio Company, and hosted by Cadavera Quivery. here, my darlings. Yes, it is rather dark down here in my beautiful cellar, isn't it? It's getting so I hardly notice it. I'm down here so much. I guess you could say I have a well-developed fright vision. (laughs) Oh, and I have something exciting to tell you. I've just had the very nice man from the telephone company come down and install a landline. No, I couldn't use my cell phone. We're located in a dead zone. (laughs) So it seems that no sooner did I get my new phone that some creepy corpse started calling me at all hours of the night. I would have called the police, but the poor thing's voice was so familiar, like my grandfather's. You could almost say he was a dead ringer. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're here, creeps, because I was preparing to open my big book of eerie tales and choose something beautifully horrific. (laughs) Ah, yes. (coughs) Tonight, Dearies, we travel to Hollywood, also known as Tinseltown, or as I love to think of it, Sin City. Our tale takes place in the late 1930s, the early years of talking pictures, when filmmakers were visionary, experimenting with new methods of cinema, 
especially in the field of horror. As our story begins, a new film by famed director Todd Green is getting some publicity at its first public showing. Let's listen in, shall we? <laughs> Cinema in Beverly Hills, where Summit Pictures' new horror spectacle, Torture Master, is getting a sneak preview. Hundreds of shock cinema fans are inside right now, awaiting the start of this new flick, starring that stunning senorita from south of the border, Anna Hernandez, and directed by Summit's weird cinema master, Todd Green. I've been led to understand that Torture Master was adapted from the novel of the same name by Theodore Blake. And it's a pity Mr. Blake passed away several years ago because we'd love to know what he thinks of Green's dramatization of his bestseller. Okay, I'm getting a signal that the house lights are being dimmed and that the film is starting inside the Summit Grand. And so, on behalf of Station KHW, this is Garland Cartier signing off. coming to see this sneak preview of Summit's latest release, Torture Master, directed by one of our finest young directors, Todd Green. so miserable, Toddy. Susie, give us two boxcars here. Coming right up. Ah, I can't help it, Anna. Pictures like Torture Master make me feel like a, like a fraud. Uh, it's so formulaic, designed to sell tickets and nothing more. Hey, Terry Shred was good enough in his role, I guess, and the dialogue was smooth, but it was so obviously box office. Not the sort of film I got into the business to direct. Huh. Well, the box office sales will keep the boss happy, and the picture won't hurt my reputation any. Well, that's true enough. You were spectacular. And I guess now you can afford to marry me and make an honest man out of me. Ha! Huh, that'll be the day. And I suppose we'll give the new Karloff picture some competition, but I get so damn tired of these hokumi picks. Lord, how I'd love to make a talkie version of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Or another able god. Yeah, Arnold Keenan's silent horror classic, yes. Even that, maybe. There's so much opportunity for development of the weird on the screen, Anna. But no producer will stand for a genuinely good picture of that type. They'll call it Artie and say it'll flop. Anna! Anna, come over here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Anna, Be right there. I know, dear. But the only way you could make a picture like that would be to branch out on your own. And you know what happened to Hector MacArthur. Excuse me a minute, Toddy. 
Hello, Todd. Huh? Oh. Hello, Worth. Come on, Todd. I've tried to make nice. Can't you call me Andy? I don't have any dirt for your column, Andy. Well, I'm not here to dish dirt, Todd. I just saw Miss Hernandez leave. Are you two on the outs? What? No. She just went over to say hello to some friends. You know, for someone who isn't looking to dish dirt, well... Occupational hazard. Sorry. I only came over because I heard you and Anna talking about Ape of God. That's quite a coincidence, Green. Yeah? How's that? Well, you understand that I haven't got the real lowdown and it's all hearsay. But I've found a picture that'll make the weirdest horror flick ever made look like a Buster Keaton comedy. Okay, what is it? Torture Master? Huh? No! Though Blake's yarn deserved a better adaptation than your boys gave it. No, Todd, the one I'm talking about isn't for general release. Isn't completed, in fact. I saw a few rushes of it. A one-man affair. Titles The Nameless. Arnold Keenan's doing it. Yeah, I thought that'd impress you. Keenan? I thought he was dead. I thought after Ape of God had flopped at the box office, he committed suicide. Nope. Just went into hiding. Summit stabbed Keenan in the back. Ape of God was one of the most amazing horror films I'd ever seen. He sacrificed almost everything to make it a masterpiece of its kind, and they shelved it and destroyed Keenan's reputation. You know there's only one surviving print of the film? Yeah, and Summit's got it. How do you think I was able to see it? It was never shown publicly. Keenan was a genius. But those poor people in Mexico... Ugh. Still, I've always had a sneaking sympathy for the man. Wasn't he an officer in the Prussian army before he changed his name and came to Hollywood? Not that it has anything to do with this, but yes. His name was Koenig. And you say he's still alive? He bought a place near Tuhunga and holed up. He didn't have much dough after the scandal, you know, and it's taken him about five years to scrape together enough to start The Nameless. He always said Ape of God was a failure and that he intended to do a film that would be a masterpiece of horror. Well, Todd, he's done it. He scanned a film that's unearthly. I tell you, it makes my flesh creep. Who's the star? Unknowns. Russian trick, you know. The real star is, uh, a shadow. Bosh. I'm serious, Todd. The shadow of something that's never shown on screen. I can't put it into the right words, but you ought to see it. I'd like to. Is he going to release it through Summit? <laughs> not a chance. No studio would release this flick. I'm not even going to give it play in my column. This film is the real McCoy, Todd. And what's Keenan's address? Here. I've written it down for you. My phone number too, so you can call me after and let me know what you think. But don't go out until Wednesday night. The rough prints will be ready by then, or, or most of them. And keep it under your hat, of course. Of course. Miss Hernandez is coming back. I'll see you around, Todd. Was that Andy Worth who just left? Yes. How could you stand to talk to him? He makes my skin crawl. Jenny Bishop told me he tried to blackmail her into sleeping with him. What were you two talking about? Arnold Keenan. Ape of God, Arnold Keenan? That Arnold Keenan? One and the same. What about him? He's alive, and he's making a new film. 
One that's going to be bigger and better, apparently, than Ape of God. And maybe he'll double his audience with this one? Ten people will see it instead of the five who saw the other? Keenan's a genius of the macabre, Anna. And being a genius, he makes his films to suit himself, not Hollywood producers, and certainly not the film-going public. Well, with standards like that, he'd better never ask me to be in one of his pictures. <sighs> Todd? Let's drive to Bel Air. There's a lovely dance out there tonight. Uh, yes, hello. I'm trying to reach Mr. Worth. Join the club. Uh, this is Todd Green. I've been trying to reach Andy for a few days. We've been having the same problem. He seems to have vanished completely. Really? Oh, that's strange. The Associated Press has been sending telegrams every hour on the hour, begging for Worth's copy, but he's dropped off the face of the earth. Hello? Hello, my love. Did we have anything planned for this evening? Oh, what's today? A Tuesday? Yes. We had that thing in Laguna Beach tonight. I've been looking forward to it for weeks. I even have a stunning new frock. Well, I've decided not to wait until tomorrow to go see Keenan about his new film. I can't reach Andy Worth, so... Well, that's no great loss. So I'm going out there early this evening, and I should be back in time for our date, okay? Well, okay, Todd. But will you be sure not to forget? Of course. I'll call you when I get back from Toyonga. Todd Green? Uh, yes, Mr. Keenan? Yes, but I am not expecting you until tomorrow night. I, I know. I I'm sorry to intrude. The fact is, I got impatient after what Andy Worth told me about your film. He isn't here by any chance. No, but uh, come in. Luckily, the developing took less time than I had anticipated. I need only a few more shots to complete my task. Cognac? Oh, please. You have a nice place here, Mr. Keenan. Thank you. Here. Ah, nice. Oh, excellent. Um, I, uh, I... I wanted to tell you how much I've always admired Ape of God. Yeah, amateurish, Green. I depended too much on Hokum in that film. Merely devil worship, uh, reincarnated 15th century serial killer, and sadism. Uh, that is not a true horror. Oh, that's correct, but the film had genuine power. Man possesses no intrinsic sense of horror of the weird. It is only the hints of the utterly abnormal and inhuman that give one the true feeling of weirdness. 
that and human reactions to such supernatural phenomena. Yes. Yes. Look at any great horror work, uh, the horror, which tells of a man's reaction to a creature utterly alien, uh, Blackwood's Willows, um, Macken's Black Seal, Lovecraft's Color Out of Space. All of these deal with the absolute alien influencing normal lives. Uh, sadism and death may contribute, but alone they cannot produce the true intangible atmosphere of horror. I've read all those stories, but how could you film the indescribable? You couldn't begin to show the invisible beings of the willows. Hmm. I think I'll let my film answer that. I have a projection room downstairs. Excuse me, please. Miss Hernandez. Anna? You forgot our date, Todd. I had a hunch you would. I, I, I'm sorry, Anna. I, Keenan, I apologize for this. Oh, that's all right. I'd much rather stay here. That is, if Mr. Keenan doesn't mind, he's picture. I took the liberty of inviting Miss Hernandez to stay and watch the film. I did not wish for her to drag you away, you see. Now I'll be right back with some cognac for the young lady and then... Uh, the Nameless. Todd, what's that you're holding? A metal paperweight. <gasps> Todd, are you stealing? Don't put it in your pocket. Keenan's starting to make me a little nervous. Trust me, Anna. We may need some self-defense. There. Are we all seated comfortably? Good. Ah, modern machinery is a blessing. I can be as lazy as I wish. I needed no help with the shooting. Once the automatic cameras were in place, the projector in this room, too, is automatic. Todd, I'm shaking all over. Hold me. Sure, honey. Automation helps, yeah. But what about releasing the picture when it's finished, Keenan? <laughs> it will not be released. The world is uneducated, not ready for it. In a hundred years, perhaps it will achieve the fame it deserves. I am doing it for posterity, and for the sake of creating a horror masterpiece for the screen. Now... It's a silent film, except for this first sequence. A sound adds nothing to horror. In fact, it helps to destroy the illusion of reality. I'll be dubbing in suitable music later. What is that? Chinese writing? I can't make it out. It's just English designed to look Chinese. It's a book title, The Circus of Dr. Lao, by Charles G. Finney. Ugh, look at that hand opening it. These are the sports, the off-throws of the universe instead of the species. These are the weird children of the lust of the spheres. Mysticism explains them where science cannot. Listen, when that great mysterious fecundity that peopled the world to the command of the gods had done with its birth-giving, when the celestial midwives had all left, when life had begun in the universe, the primal womb thing found itself still unexhausted, its 
loins still potent, so that awful fertility tossed on its couch in a final fierce outbreak of life-giving and gave birth to these nightmare beings, these abortions of the world. Ah, these ruins remind me of the ones I saw in Yucatan. Oh, the camera angle makes me feel like we're actually going down into that big hole in the earth. It's the site of a ruined temple. Watch now. The screen is completely dark. Wait, there's a little light. Are we at the bottom of the pit? <gasps> oh, Dodd! My God, that stone idol, it's hideous. Remember that idol. It's only in this opening sequence for a moment, but it's important. I won't ever forget it. No. Good. Now here's where the story begins. The idol dissolves. And now we see a young man surrounded by attractive couples in a drawing room. They don't seem to like him very much. No, they don't. The story, you see, tells of a man ostracized by his fellows because of his fanatical passion for the morbid, the bizarre. He determines to make a work of art, a living masterpiece of sheer weirdness. Sort of parallels his own life, eh? Shh, Anna. The young man experiments, you see, by directing films that are quite unusual and stir up a little controversy, but this does not satisfy him. It's only acting, and he wants something more than this. No one is such an actor that he can realistically fake his reaction to horror. The genuine emotion must be felt in order to be transferred to the screen. Todd, what's he driving at? I have a feeling we're going to find out. Now you see it is much later, and the man, played now by myself in this montage shot, finds himself in Mexico. And with the aid of an ancient scroll, he finds the site of a ruined Aztec temple. And beneath the temple, my friends, is a god. A long-forgotten god who has been worshipped even before the Aztecs had sprung from the womb of the centuries. At least, uh, the natives had considered it a god, but I believe it is one of the off-throws of the universe, mentioned at the beginning of the film. Completely unique and baroque, come down through the eons in an existence totally alien to mankind. You see its barrel shape, its spiky projections? It is nearly ten feet in height. It was not dead when I found it, but neither was it alive in the accepted sense of the term. Ah, you briefly see the jewel set in its apex. That jewel is nearly as large as a child's head. In this jewel, the god's life has its focus. Amazing. I learned how to bring this god to life, to awaken it from its centuries-long hibernation. You see this chamber where I am placing the god now? This chamber is beneath this very house! I had built it with an eye for the purpose for which I intended it, with automatic cameras and special lighting features installed so my pictures could be shot from several different angles at once and pieced together later as I made my edits. Todd, what's happening? Is this reality we're watching, or just a story? I, I don't... I, I don't honestly know. Soon I learned how to bring the god to life. The ancient Aztecs, when they filled their temple with the stench of blood, made the god's jewel flame with an unearthly radiance. I knew that nothing but a living sacrifice made to the being would bring it out of its coma-like state. I've filmed several sacrifice scenes so far, Green, but I haven't patched them in yet except for the one you'll see in a moment. Watch now! 
who's that man you're forcing into the chamber? I can't see his face, but he looks familiar. Short and plump with, with slick back hair. He's turning. <gasps> Todd, it's Andy Worth. No wonder I couldn't reach him by phone. You had him here. Anna, just look how Keenan's lighting is throwing Andy's shadow on the far wall. What's going to happen? <gasps> There's another shadow. What is it? A snake? No, a tentacle. It's coming up behind him. He's turning! He sees it! Oh my god! The stark horror on his face. Oh, and another shadow. And another! It's got him! Torn! He's kicking, struggling as it lifts him. The shadow's enveloping him! And oh, Christ! He's gone! All the shadows are gone! <laughs> Torn, what did we just see? <laughs> I don't want us to stick around and find out. better sit down again, Green. You too, Miss Hernandez. I have something to tell you, and I do not wish to be melodramatic about it. This gun is necessary, yes? There are a few things you must know, Green, for a reason you will understand later. There'll be some visitors here for you soon, Keenan. You didn't think I'd neglect normal precautions. <laughs> you are lying, of course. Also, you are unarmed, or you would have had your gun out by now. I was not expecting you until tomorrow night, but I am prepared. In a word, what I have to tell you is this. The film you just saw is a record of actual events. Hmm? Eh, whether you believe me or not does not matter, for you will be forced to believe in a few minutes. I told you something of my motivation, my desire to create a genuine masterpiece of horror. That is what I've done, or will have done, by tomorrow. You and the girl will be the stars of the final scene of my film. You'll never be able to show it, Keenan. What of it? <laughs> You're a hack, Green. And you can't understand what it means to create a masterpiece. Is a work of ours any less beautiful because it's hidden? I'll see the picture, and after I'm dead, the world will see and realize my genius. <laughs> genius? Yes! Even though they may fear it and hate its expression. Do you know what the trick was, Green? The trick? The secret to my success. As a director, you know that there is no substitute for realism. The reactions of my unwitting actors were not faked. One sacrifice was a vagrant who came to my door begging some weeks ago. Another was the foolish gossip columnist Andy Wirth, which you saw. He had to pay for pestering me. And you too will complete the group, for you will know what you are facing, and your attempt to rationalize your fear will lend, uh, shall we say, an interesting touch. <laughs> now, both of you will stand up with your hands in the air and precede me into the passage. Do as he says, Anna. Maybe I can... No, you can't. You will not have the chance. Hurry up. Watch your steps. The passageway slides downward. It's well hidden, this chamber. You see it fully lined with steel plates. This lever opens it from within, but no one but me can find the spring which opens it from without. 
The police could wreck this house without discovering this passage. Todd, what's going to happen to us? I don't know, honey. Just be brave and trust me. Ah, here we are. Step into the chamber, Green. Thank you. Wait, what? Just me? No, no, Anna, look out! <laughs> Keenan, you son of a bitch! What did you slug her for? Simply put, Green, I needed to set her aside for the time being. Miss Hernandez will go in after you. I do not wish for her to witness the manner of your death. This will make her own reaction that much purer. <laughs> now, now, enter the chamber and face the god of the Aztecs. Your movement will cause the cameras in arc lights to operate automatically, as I have said before. Up close, this thing isn't very frightening. It looks more like a ten-foot-tall pineapple than anything else. Well, a pineapple with sharp spikes sticking out of it. And that giant jewel on top? It's an interesting model of the original. Do you have some kind of machinery inside of it? <laughs> What's so funny? There's no way life of any kind could exist in such an abnormality. As you shall see soon enough, Green, the thing actually exists. I got on the trail of it in an old parchment I found in the Huntington Library in San Marino. It had been considered merely an interesting bit of folklore, but I saw something else in it. While I was making Ape of God in Mexico, I discovered the ruined temple and what lay forgotten behind the altar. And now... Ugh, don't you have enough lights on already? Jesus, I have to turn away. Ah, this must be how we saw such a stark shadow coming from Andy Ward. A hot arc light positioned behind the god... What's that other shadow? It's moving. Good God, the idol's sprouting tentacles. Just like in the film, but how? Yes, it moves fast. You'd better run, Green. Run! Ah, you're spoiling my film! Run! <laughs> Damn you, Keenan, you Russian maniac. <laughs> Run, Green! The god reaches out to you! <laughs> what do you want? The creature or a bullet? Move! Uh, damn you, what are you looking at? Now, Anna! What? No! <laughs> There's your justice arts, Keenan. Oh, my head. What's going on, Toddy? The Aztec god is alive, Anna. Grab Keenan's gun. Get ready to shoot it. Todd, look out, it's reaching for Oh, wait, ah, ah. Todd, oh, no. It's got a death grip on my ankle. Oh, ah, ah, my, my wrist. Let go, you infernal monster. Anna, shoot it. I'm afraid of hitting you. Just do it. It's reaching out for my other leg.
Okay, coming out. But there's no more danger. The thing is inert again. What did you do, Todd? Huh? I saw you throw something at the monster. What was it? Oh, it was that metal paperweight I'd picked up earlier. I was damn lucky to hit the jewel, too. I was being shaken so badly. I'd forgotten all about that. What'll we do about Keenan, Todd? Leave him here and get the hell out of this chamber and this house. I've got his gun. Let's go. Wait, stop. Do you hear that? What is it, Todd? Listen, go to the projection booth and get the reels of film. We'll take them with us and burn them. But you're not going back. I'll be with you in a minute. Keenan, are you completely mad? Are you trying to bring the monster back to life? You can't stop me, Green! You can't stop it! Thank you, Keenan, for enlightening me on how impenetrable this underground chamber is. I know the police will never find you down here. Wasn't that simply chilling, creeps? (laughs) It reminds me of the time I went to the multiplex with my boy fiend to see a movie that we thought was about children getting punished. It was called The Mummy Strikes. (laughs) Tonight's story was called The Shadow on the Screen, our ninth episode of The Cellar. And I, of course, am your hostly ghost. <laughs> your ghostly host, Cadavra Quivery. <laughs> the Shadow on the Screen was a short story by Henry Kuttner, adapted for audio by Pete Lutz. So, until next time, fiends, remember don't take candy from stranglers. <laughs> The Cellar is produced and directed by Pete Lutz. The theme was composed and performed by Tom Rory Parsons. Our cast consisted of the following players. 
Gareth Severn as the radio reporter, Alan Clower as the film producer, Jeff Billard as Todd Green, Ebony Rose as Anna Hernandez, Christy Copeland as Susie, Sarah Light as the two women in the bar, Jonathan Montgomery as Andy Wirth, Russ Walker as the editor, Orlando Segarra as Arnold Keenan, and Darren Rockhold as the film voice. Cadaver Quivery is played by Angela Young. This is Graham Rowett speaking. The Cellar is a 63 audio production mixed and mastered in Corpus Christi, Texas. Join us next time when Cadavra tells you a tale of small-town life and how the people in that town treat a man who says he died in a recent flood. Here's a scene from that episode. Huh. Three o'clock already. I make you bet that odd Martin lies over there till four o'clock. I'll bet he's there till 4.30. Last time, he was there four hours. Nice warm day today. He might nap there till five. I'll say five. Let's see your money, gents. Come on now. Uh, Thank you. I'll put this up here next to the hair ointments. You know, it's sort of funny how we joke about Odd. We're scared of him inside. I mean... We really won't let ourselves believe he's really dead. We don't dare to believe it. We'd never get over it if we knew. So we make a joke. We let him lie there. He don't hurt nobody. He's just there. But I noticed Doc Hudson has never really touched Odd's heart with a stethoscope. Scared of what he'd find, I bet. Scared of what he find out. <laughs> oh, you're a great one for joking, you are. Yeah, that's real. that's a good one. <laughs> that's rich. That's a good one. That's a good Tell one right there. <laughs> He's getting up. He's up on one knee. Now up on the other. Now someone's giving him a hand. It's Miss Weldon. Oh, she sure got over there in a rush. What time is it? Five o'clock. Oh, pay me, boys! It's called, fittingly enough, The Dead Man by Ray Bradbury. Next time on The Cellar. Sixty-three audio. This is mutual. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ned was only dead for 60 clap shakes. What's the problem, Herbert? You let Professor Schlieffenberg come through when he forgot to wear his pants. We humans are never entirely cognizant of our ironies and inconsistencies. Wouldn't you agree, Audrey? Don't maya me! You are not part of my life anymore. Miss, you don't understand. The fate of our universe, well, the fate of multiple universes, depends on your financial aid. (laughs) Why, I was in the correction booth for two days! Season 2 of The Gray Area. 19 new episodes starting in April 2020. GrayAreaPod.com
There are a number of things that we can all do to help stop the spread of the coronavirus and protect ourselves and our families. One is simply to clean your hands often. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after you've been in a public place or after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. If you don't have access to soap and water, then make sure you use a hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. And finally, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. These are some simple things that we can all do to help protect ourselves and our families from the spread of coronavirus. Be well, everybody.